Hello, and welcome to True Horrors with Meg and Rachel. Every week, we discuss a horror film and the true stories that inspired, influenced, or bear striking resemblance to them. Be warned for spoilers and adult themes. I'm Rachel. And I'm Meg. And this is True Horrors. Hello! Oh, hi. Hi, didn't see you there. No. All right, welcome back, you guys. <laughs> Episode three, a Rachel pick, Friday the 13th, the original. I've only seen this movie once before. And and not to be negative again, but I forgot how boring it was. Okay, I was like, are we going to fight? Are we going to fight during this episode? Because I'd never seen it. And I was like, what's happening to me right now? I was like, did Rachel pick this because it's like one of her favorites? Did she pick it just for the story? Like, I I just dragged this movie for like six pages. Like, I don't understand. How could it not... Was it inter- when it was introduced? Was it meant to be scary or was it meant to be camp? And you can't say it's because it's old because it came out in the same decade as like The Exorcist, Halloween, mm-hmm. which is in its genre at least. And Halloween is scary. Yeah, like it's not my kind of scary, but it's scary. Like I just like. I can't believe that anyone was supposed to take this movie seriously. I don't understand how it's classic horror. Yes, like now same. that I've seen it, I don't get it because like. It's not scary. The I, I I have to we have to start from the beginning. Otherwise, I'm just going to be like pulling out like all the things of just being like, no, <laughs> there's not a single a single likable character, no. but also there's not a single character. I don't know mm-hmm. anything about these people. I wrote down everything I knew about them. Yes. Um. Oh, wait, but I have a question first. Yes. Um. Do the men in this movie find the women in this movie attractive? Because I'm, I, I'm not sure. Like it was never, it was never brought up that they were attracted to the women in this movie. <laughs> that they thought they were sexy or beautiful or pretty or hot or you know maybe there'll be some babes at this camp. Like maybe I don't know. Be some babes at this camp. I don't know. Do there, they isn't it a camp women? for children? First of all, like it is. Um, didn't they? Didn't they think? I mean, did they? Who's to say? But I know that all the men wanted to fuck all the women in this mm-hmm. movie. I know that I wanted most of them to die. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I don't know that I've seen a horror movie with this much sexual harassment. No. Like, uh, def- not, I mean, unless it was like from the villain. Yes. Yes. Like the likable characters, like quote unquote, <laughs> like, first of all, when the camp counselor touched the, when the, when the person who owned the goddamn camp, touch that girl's face I was like die die right now get get Friday the 13th or -hmm. whatever's about to happen to you I have just I have a lot of global questions Uh about this movie like I also don't think I have any answers for you just so I demand answers Rachel (laughs) I make them up I want to know how Jason exists i want to know how not in the movie context i mean in the franchise context how did jason how do you get the jason that i visualize in my head from this movie i don't know i don't know seen any of the other ones either so like i don't you didn't see him take manhattan no and also you know he doesn't he's on a boat the whole time (laughs) um (laughs) i saw freddy versus jason oh yeah i've seen parts of that and but. but Jason's kind of he's like the um, Tyrannosaurus Rex in Jurassic Park. Like he's not the hero, but he does save them. He saves them from Freddy. OK, OK. 
So like, I do not remember. I know I've seen parts of it. I don't remember a single thing about it. But I don't Except particularly I think, think Freddy's he's... decapitated head winks at some point. Yes, at because Jason pulls it. Jason walks out of okay. the yeah. lake, okay. the crystal lake, the crystal holding lake. his decapitated head. The thing is, is that now that I'm saying that, I haven't seen it in years, so I don't know if he's necessarily trying to save the kids as much as he's trying to murder Freddy. But like, mm-hmm. it happens. But. So I've got a lot of global questions, but I'm going to start from the beginning. Um, They had some very Halloween vibes. And by Halloween vibes, I mean they stole Halloween's opening and didn't do it as well. Uh Uh-huh. I was like, oh, is that a child? Is that a child's point of view? And then it wasn't. But I was like, this is Halloween. Mm -hmm. But yeah, again, like, I'm trying to figure out how soon I want to go into the fact that they don't understand how to use the point of view shot correctly. They did it wrong every single time. The point of view shot is meant to be like, oh, someone's stalking them. This is the killer's point of view and we're stalking them during their everyday activities. Are they about to get murdered? It's not like, oh, I'm the killer and I'm uh, picking up like I'm picking up a hitchhiker like. You have to establish that there is a killer before you can start using the point of view shot. Otherwise, it's just a poorly shot film. I know it was like a first person shooter, but you're the serial killer. Yes. Like all you had to do was like never show her face so that we never knew who the killer was. I mean, that's basically what we do in Halloween because also Halloween is not point of view shots the whole way through. Mm -mm. We do see Michael Myers a lot. Because sometimes the characters that we're following see him and we have to like basically, I mean, it's not a point of view shot from them, but we have to see their point of view. It was like that car across the street has been following me all day. I don't care for that. Like they never, it was I so also, frustrating. The only, the thing is, is there are small pieces in this movie that I'm like, oh, there was something here, which mm-hmm. is probably why. But one of them is the fact that if I obviously already knew who the killer was, but if you didn't, it's very interesting to go back and be like, that's why these girls trusted them because it was a woman. Like it was an older woman. Like that's why everyone, no one was afraid. Mm -hmm. And I do think in a better made movie, that would be very interesting because I was like, bitch, why are you getting in this car? I know. I also wrote down, Rachel can't use the seventies as an excuse for everything in this movie. No, I sure can't. But the hitchhiking thing kind of is like the fact that she got in with her. But then when it was a her, I'm like, oh, see, but that that makes a lot of sense as to Mm -hmm. why. Also, I like in the beginning, they're singing a religious song. But you're like, the camera makes you know that these people, these children are full of sin. Like, (laughs) I also... Okay, so you know how the credits are really weird? How they mm-hmm. almost have like a um, cold open to this right. movie? I just wrote in my notes, and that was the movie. That's the that's the whole thing. I mean, that would that was a better movie than we ended up watching. Also, I know what they were going for, but when they say the present, I just was like, "LOL, no, right? The really not like not. how much in the like over thirty years now mm-hmm. at this point, forty, yeah." I mean, I think they really thought they were making a timeless movie. They just really. I want to talk to somebody who finds this movie scary or enjoyable. Like, I want to, I, because like, I don't, it's can't be fun, but if you were going into it, wanting it to be scary. And the thing is, is I, I'm going to talk about the effects later from when Mm -hmm. they're murdering, 
the high school theater drama effects. And I mm-hmm. almost feel like that's an insult to high school theater. Right. And yeah, but there's a way to work around that. Like the first movie I did for this was Jaws, which I mm-hmm. think is still one of my favorite horror movies of all time. And they were dealing with a deficit when it came to the movie they wanted to make and the technology they possessed. And they found a way to make that scarier. Mm -hmm. Like, and I don't know what, I don't know what they were doing here. Annie just jumps in that car with that man. And then he sexually harasses her. Mm -hmm. Like, there's just a lot of that in this movie that I was just like, I don't know why this is important to the plot. Like, it's only important if in a, lazy horror movie you're trying to establish that one of the men are trash and need to die like that that is that is basically shorthand is having them Mm -hmm. harass your female characters but they were all doing it and it was so disturbing and I was like who wrote this movie a 14 year old boy or um an adult who wants you to know that uh, sex and teenagers, specifically female teenagers, are wrong and sinful. Like, I also wrote down that this was the best. Uh, this was like a PSA for abstinence. This know, the beginning right? part of this movie because that's they seem to be connecting that. Like, yes. and Scream makes a lot of fun of that. Mm-hmm. And like, you can make the argument that Halloween was connecting that, but. I seriously don't feel like it was because when you like John Carpenter still talks about it. He's like, well, they're teenagers and that's what teenagers talk about. And that's what teenagers do. It just so happens. They're also being stalked by a murderer. And the fact one who is not having sex is the one who survives is because it's, there's dramatic irony in it. Like she's so timid, but she's the one who takes down the murderer also Um, i've never thought that with halloween because it's not he's not killing them because they had sex like i never whereas this it is part of her motive is that they were having sex and her son drowned which bitch what were you doing um she she was the cook she was cooking why isn't she killing all cooks like i don't know like (laughs) well she did she started with the cook also, I wrote, are all those girls going to look as good as you? And then I hope he dies. He mm-hmm. didn't, but I wish he would have. Like, mm-hmm. And that was just the start of like, and I definitely in my head thought they were going to think he was the murderer, but they mm-hmm. didn't have time to think anyone was the murderer because everyone in this movie died before they knew what was happening, yep. which is the worst plot device. Like there's yes. no panic. There's no, who do we think this is? Why are they doing this to us? Everyone was fucking dead. Like mm-hmm. this movie is a bad movie, Rachel. I mean, if you are a murderer, this is the best way to do it. You separate them and then kill them and no one knows what's happening. Oh yeah. But if you are she making a movie- it's, that's not how you make a movie. It is a, it is a bad movie. Also, she really she really dropped the ball at the end. Like she could have had a, a 10 for 10 kill ratio, but she decided to screw with what's her name for whatever mm-hmm. reason. I literally don't remember the protagonist's name. And I, I feel weird calling her a protagonist because all I know is that she may have had Alice. what? Alice. Her name is not Alice. Alice, like oh. Alice in Wonderland. Yes, I know because I kept wanting to call her Lisa. I don't know why. (laughs) I think I had something very similar in my head for her. But the thing is, is all I know about Alice as our protagonist is that she might have business in California that she has to go back to. (laughs) That's never established what that is. It's like 
It's like there must be a director's cut that has like an hour and a half more where we actually learn. Or I, I wrote down some other theories. This entire movie was improvised <laughs> and no one knew what kind of movie they were making. Um, only half of the people were given the script. Like I wrote down a couple, like also the acting in this movie is there are some choices made, mm -hmm. but a lot of it feels like it has to be improv. Um, and for people who like this movie and are listening and are mad right now, when did you most recently watch it? Go watch it. I could say maybe you only watched the last 30 minutes. Because the last 30 a different minutes, movie. Yeah, the last 30 minutes are pretty decent. That's your like your regular slasher thing. Like, oh my God, I'm being chased by a murderer. Ah, I need to hide here. Oh no, the killer's not actually dead. The last 30 minutes are are okay. And also like, the reveal that it's Jason's mother is is pretty good. But other it would that, have been better if we would have had them all sitting around scared and telling that story mm -hmm. so that it made more sense. Because like I always if someone had asked me what this movie was about before this, I would mm -hmm. have said that these teens are setting up a camp. They're the camp counselors and they're being stalked and killed off by this machete wearing hockey mask wearing villain and they think it is the ghost of this boy who was mm -hmm. killed and then it turns out it's his mom and I think that makes a lot more sense because mm -hmm. like they also never established I guess in my own head I had always thought that they thought it was Jason killing them but they right. didn't think anything because yep. they didn't know anyone was killing them so where did the hockey mask come from where did the machete come from where did him being an adult murderer come from? <laughs> like, I just, I have a lot of questions, but when it comes to the big three now, Freddie, Michael Myers, Michael Myers and Jason, the Friday the 13th franchise is the worst. I can already say that. And you know how I feel like I love the nightmare, the nightmare before Christmas, the ni <laughs> a nightmare on Elm street. If I start the sentence, a nightmare and I, depending on whether or not I say, uh, or the, my brain just autocorrects. <laughs> But those movies took a dive. Like when you, oh I, I own every Freddy movie, guys. I own it in a box set. And we watched them all sure our senior year. And like, there's a real quality drop off. That being said, at least the first one is classic. It's, right. it's extremely good and it makes sense. Um, oh, I will always be the person who looks up when they say an amount of money, what it is in today's money. Yes. So he spent the equivalent of $80,000 to fix up that camp. And can I just say, Ooh. looking at that camp, he did not get his money's worth. No. The reason I didn't look that up is I was confused when they said that. Because when Annie walks in to the diner and says that she's going to Camp Crystal Lake, Everyone looks at her like she's insane and they have no idea why she's going there. And then it turns out that this guy has spent the last year trying to fix it up. They knew they knew teenager teenage camp counselors were going to be coming in like that was my thing. I was like, you knew this was going on. Why did you all act like you didn't know what was going on? I also want to drag this movie for its music. Like we oh talk a God. lot about horror movie music mm -hmm. and how important it is. And they just like didn't get the memo in this movie. No. It was like someone breathing weird. That's what it was. They oh, were God. trying to do the Halloween thing where we play the tension music pretty frequently because and then like people don't get murdered, but it doesn't have the same effect because it's not any good. It's I hesitate to call it music. 
Oh, the reaction to the snake. Yes. Yeah, oh the snake God. scene is one of those where I'm like, this was improv, right? There's no way this was scripted. There's no way that someone wrote this script. Someone edited this script. <laughs> then it got a little polished. Then it was given a production. Then actors memorized it. Like when you look at that snake scene, there's no way that wasn't improvised. No. And like, there's no reason for it. The snake never comes back. They... They shouldn't be surprised to see a snake. They're in the middle of the woods. 100%. And then also they learn zero lessons from it because they're all walking around through the woods pantsless at night. Like it's like they want to get ticks. It's also just like really weird. The other scene that I felt like could not have been scripted was them with the cop. Yes. It was just like somebody was doing like 70 slang Mad Libs. <laughs> Also, I was like, wouldn't it be funny if he just kept going on that motorcycle and went right off the pier? <laughs> he, he doesn't want to be a part of this movie. How much do you think he's paying these kids? Let's see. The movie had to have been shot in 1979 because it came out in 1980. So I don't know, maybe three bucks an hour. Are we talking about the actors or the actual children in are the characters? Oh, the characters. Did you mean the actors? No, I did mean that. But then when you were talking about when it was shot, I was like confused. Too much. However much they were paid, it was too much. <laughs> okay. But here's the thing. This was the point of the movie where I was like, no one's had a conversation. There's not been a single conversation that's moved the plot forward and let me know more about them. And that's when yeah. I started listing things like, I don't understand this movie. Like, I don't understand mm -hmm. it. Like, I understand it as like a fun, campy, bad movie in the sense of like, oh, it got a real cult following. Like, oh, no, she's going to get her neck slashed. And it like clearly doesn't happen timed right. Yes. And it looks really bad, like stuff like that. But I don't know how this movie became classic horror. Like, Especially because we cannot say it's because it's old because the movie's in its own like age matrix. Mm -hmm. Some of them are still genuinely scary right. or even if they aren't scary anymore, the story at least is there. Right. Okay. This is also, if you haven't watched all of the John Mulaney on Netflix, all of his standups, you might not get this, but I was sitting there going, is that Kevin Bacon? <laughs> And then I Googled it and yes, it is. I was like, is that, is that Kevin Bacon? Okay. You want to know how I know? Because like, it's not like I know a lot about Kevin Bacon, but it's not even like I knew he was in this movie. He's still an actor people know. Right. But I didn't know he was in this movie because it's not something that like when they're talking about him, they talk about Footloose when they're talking about an right. early movie he's in. They don't talk about this movie. I feel like this movie being as well known as it is, is like a conspiracy against me somehow. <laughs> Like, um, this is also a good point for me to say that uh, about two years ago, maybe a little bit more because I don't think we were doing the podcast yet. Um, I saw that Friday the 13th was on one of the free streaming apps I have. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you know, I've never seen it. I'll watch it. And I started watching it. And in the first like five to 10 minutes, two women were topless. And I was like, I don't think this is the 80s version. And that's when I realized I was watching the one from the 2000s. Mm -hmm. Like, that's how long it took me. And definitely part of my reaction was that, was that I didn't think that the original one would be as gratuitous. Mm -hmm. And I guess it wasn't, but it no. also, like, not for, like, good reasons. Right. It just wasn't as, like, I was like this, 
this isn't as much of a remake like making a sham of the original as i thought it was this is kind of just it taking it to its new it's like conclusion honestly i haven't seen the remake but like i have a hard time believing it's worse than this one i bet the killer actually stalks them and like there's some panic and happening at some point i don't remember anything about that movie except i think there's like a um halloween sequel-esque twist where one of them's related to jason ah or something and i'm like how though i'm like how does that make any sense oh i literally i had literally just written that in my notes at that same time i i didn't see it in my notes but i i made that connection spiritually strip monopoly and that's when i wrote who wrote this movie who like I'll admit I didn't have the wildest teenage years, but I just feel like if somebody was like, let's play strip monopoly, like it's so dumb. It's so dumb. And the idea that it would be like two girls and a guy and they'd be like, like, that's what I was like. This was written by a 14 year old boy because like, I'm sorry, but no, absolutely not. It's not even like there were multiple guys and it was like, oh, we're being flirtatious. Like there was one guy and two girls. Like Mm -hmm. what? What? I don't know. Also, I feel like even adding stripping to Monopoly is not going to make it a less boring game. (laughs) I guess it's the only game they had, but like. Also, I don't know if it's also ruined for me because like that's a joke in Friends. In the Friends where they go to the beach Mm -hmm. and because it's stupid and ridiculous. Like that's why it's a a joke. Um, I wrote these kills are stupid. They are. They are all so stupid. And she uses a different weapon for every single one. Yes. How many weapons did she bring? Or does she just like not have any kind of plan and she just grabbed whatever was there? Because there's no way there was an axe in the shower. The thing is, she can't not have any plan because this isn't the first thing she's done. She killed the kids at the camp. She started the fire. She poisoned the water. Like she clearly has plans to keep Mm -hmm. this camp from opening. And like, it's just, it's so odd. Also, I wrote, there's a lot of movie left, but not a lot of characters left to kill, which is true. Mm -hmm. Also, I said, I I talked a bit about suspense because, you know, that's my favorite thing in a horror movie is that feeling. They... It doesn't exist because Mm. with the point of view shot and the way it's done, the characters are never afraid for more than a second before they're dead. Right. So it doesn't, you don't feel that fear. Like you, mm-hmm. there's only so many times you can be like, oh my God, I see that, but you don't see that. Like when there's no emotional like payoff for that. Right. Because again, they don't know that they're being stalked. In Halloween, they know they're being stalked. Like we see the car, we see him following them home from school. Like, and also, we know there's a person there, which again, we never, it's always just a point of view shot. Just like the one that really got me was when she goes into the generator room. Like you don't use the point of view shot to reveal the killer's plan. The point of view shot is for when they are stalking their victims. It drove me crazy. Also, all of this could have been prevented with a mask. Like yes. if if the whole thing was they didn't want to reveal who the killer was, it could then they wear a goddamn mask. A hockey mask, maybe. Why, though? Why a hockey mask? Like, I just feel like they're, that the second movie in this franchise must be like a whole nother origin movie. Because it's not like, oh, he drowned in the water. He fell because he was reaching over to get his hockey mask, which had fallen <laughs> in. Like, 
Well, they had to use a hockey mask because the Shatner mask was already taken. Those are the only options. Uh Uh-huh. Oh, also, when she's, like, barricading the door, I was like, there are still windows, bitch. And then she threw the corpse through it. Yes. Because, like, the thing is, she closes the curtains to the one window and just leaves all the other windows as they are. Also, she had already, like, tied the door closed. It's it's a pole door, so barricading it doesn't really do much. It's, you're just going to open the door and move all those things. You barricade a door to yes. keep you from pushing the door open. Like, and also she kept turning off lights and I was like, I get it, but she's going to know this is the building that you're in because it's the only one that doesn't have all the That's lights. That's what on. I wrote. I was like, yes. no, keep the lights on. She doesn't have any reason to know where you are without that get down on the floor. Also, since we're talking about that, cause she knows she ends up hiding in the pantry. They missed a real opportunity with that pantry to have the killer jump out of that pantry like earlier when Ralph was in there. Like, I don't understand why having Ralph jump out of the pantry exists as a point in the movie if it's not to foreshadow the killer jumping out of that same pantry. Or Ralph's body being found in that pantry later. Like she's in there and she hides and then the body's in there. Right. Um, Also, Alice, kill her. Stop just knocking her out and murder her. Yes, she Sick does it three shit. times. Mm-hmm. Three times she knocks her over and just runs. Like, Lori only did it twice. And in her defense, she stabbed him both times. Like, she had every reason to think that stabbing him with a knitting needle and then shoving a coat hanger in his eye was going to stop him. Oh, yeah. It's just because it's Michael Myers. Also, can right. we talk about how I threw my notebook down when we did the slow motion chop off of her head and was just like this entire movie this entire franchise has been screwing with me my whole life I thought it was like Halloween level I thought it was Nightmare on Elm Street level and they just did this slow motion bullshit what is scary about that I don't know also when she goes and sits in that canoe by the lake she Why? doesn't even sit with her back to the lake. She's it, it. I swear to God, it's like every character in this movie wants to be murdered. Like, at least put your back to the lake. She's not going to come at you from the lake. You know, she was already in the building. Here's the thing. She was beheaded. There is no other murderer. And then she's like, you know what? I'm going to go for a little canoe trip. And that's the part that I don't get. Like, what? why are you going onto the water? I don't understand. And then the ending I was real pissed about because like I knew what happens, but then it's like, oh, it was a dream. And then Mm -hmm. she's like, he's still there. And I'm like, but you never established Jason as a threat in this movie. He was just a random dead little kid. It wasn't like they thought it was his ghost the whole time. Mm -hmm. It's not like there was some like weird, like, "Mm, maybe it isn't just her. Maybe it's also her ghost son. Like, they've done nothing in this movie to establish any kind of ghost or supernatural and then to be like maybe he's still there shot of the lake i'm like what are you talking about this is like the ending of a totally different movie yeah yeah it's a bad movie it's a real bad movie zero percent of this movie was supernatural i'm so annoyed i'm so glad (laughs) because i was like rachel we're gonna fight today because this movie Nope. I just genuinely didn't remember that it was this bad. Like that's how forgettable it is. It's like, it's so forgettable. I didn't even remember how bad it was. Well, and that's the thing is that like, it's not like 
we're choosing movies we like that we want to watch and movies mm-hmm. that we know have stories that can be attached to them. It doesn't mean we're going to love all of them. It just means that that's kind of how that goes because, you know, we're picking ones that we find, ones that mm-hmm. we know. So, like, I do think it's fun for us not to like one of the movies, but I just didn't think it was going to be this one. Yep. Nope. Neither did I. I have nothing left to say. No. I think we've already talked about this movie too much. I I don't know. Would I die in this movie? I don't know. But if I did, I'd be really angry that I died in such a poorly written movie. <laughs> well, here's the thing is we know, like, we know you only die if you have sex or like do anything leading up to sex and are you gonna have sex with any of these men oh wow is that oh then i'm living forever right i'm like immortal in this movie but we're also establishing that you and i would be camp counselors at this horrible horrible murder camp like how much was he paying like why would we be there we'd be there and i'd be like i hate this place and you'd be like look at the birds meg it was a recession so there weren't a whole lot of jobs available Camp counselor at a murder. You know, though, when I was a teenager, being a camp counselor, I was a camp counselor. I was a mm-hmm. camp counselor at a Girl Scout camp, but like right. not a murder camp. Not a murder um, camp. I guess, okay, we're, we're camp counselors. I would not be, I would not be having sex with these men. And I would definitely, once she established she'd murdered everyone else, I'd be like, okay, well then we're going to, we're, you're going to have to die. Yep. Um, also just, I do have one final thing to say, which is, they never tell us where this movie takes place. We know it can't be in Maine because either Kevin Bacon or some guy named Bill, I wrote down the one that she really hates because she stabs him and like hangs him up. Like she really like really stabs him with arrows a lot. Knows how to use that really old generator because it's in his uncle's place in Maine. But we also hear loons constantly in this movie. Do you know where loons live? Canada. They live up in Canada in the summer. In the winter, they live all along the coast. And also they live a little bit in Maine. So I'm just saying, like, I know why they kept using loons because they sound kind of creepy, but they have to be in Canada. Interesting. So, yep. Because it, it was very distracting to me that there were loons everywhere. I was like, I don't think that loons live in the United States. And this is definitely seems like it's supposed to be in the United States. Yes. Um, only uh- in the winter. And we know it's June. So in June, the loons are all in Canada. Bird facts brought to you by Rachel. Okay. I don't even know what you're using as your true story. Oh, my God. I took so much liberty with this. Um, (laughs) Nice. It's it's not based on anything. It's not even a movie. A lot of people link it to, um, you know, a murder of some teenagers on a camping trip in Finland that they definitely covered on my favorite murder at one point. I don't know. I didn't find that one as interesting. So I'm going to talk about some murders around a real Crystal Lake. Um, actually, Crystal Lake is um, the name of so many lakes. Everyone's like, look how crystal clear the water is. Oh, my God, that's what we should call it. <laughs> but this one's in Connecticut. And I first heard the story when I was listening to the podcast Paper Ghosts, which is a limited series. I've talk to you about it and it was done by m william phelps who's like a apparently a big wig in the true crime genre i had never heard of him but he's been on like investigation discovery and like he's he's a big deal but this was his hometown basically in the late 1960s and early 1970s three different little girls went missing and a couple of 
young women were murdered. They could be connected. Who knows? It's This is going to be a real bummer of a story, but it's in Tallinn County, Connecticut. And the only public beach on this uh, Crystal Lake is called Sandy Beach because they were really not stretching themselves with naming <laughs> any of this. None of that's important. I just really wanted to share it. Um, Fair enough. But um, there are a couple different towns that take place that will be mentioned. There's Vernon, Rockville, and then Tolland. So it's Tolland County. There's a town called Tolland. And then there's Vernon and Rockville. And Rockville is like a smaller town within Vernon. I'm, I'm going to try not to get into this because it makes me really mad and it's not important. But town, the word town means something completely different in New England than what it means everywhere else. It's like more analogous to a county in like Midwestern states. So there are like collections of houses. Like, you know, for us, a town is like a densely, a small, densely populated area. And mm -hmm. that's not what a town is in, the, in New England. And it really upsets me. A town is more like New England or not New England, more like a county. But they're all about 10 minutes from each other and like 10 minutes from this lake. So the first one was little Deborah Spickler. Um, she was 13 years old and she was visiting her aunt and uncle in Vernon in 1968. And she and her cousin went to go swimming at a public pool and they realized they didn't have any towels. So her cousin goes back for some towels and Deborah's never seen again. And that the day that she went missing, actually, sadly enough, a birthday card arrived at her parents' house for like her mom that like it arrived that day. So she had obviously mailed it a couple of days before, but she was just like, you know, this is what I'm doing here. I'm helping aunt whatever out a whole lot. And this was a story that I know they cover this one in Paper Ghost, but I, I didn't understand what they think happened to her, but that's really all the information we have. Then Janice Pocket is the big one. She went missing in 1973. She was in Tolland, um, and she was seven years old. She had gone on a walk with her mom and her little sister, and they got home, and Janice wanted to go find this dead butterfly that she and her sister had found the day before and hidden. She wanted to go get it and bring it back. And it was like, they lived on a really like a long road that was like, I guess it was their driveway, but it was like the driveway for a bunch of different people. So she wasn't going super far, but she never came back. And the worst part is like, um, they interview her sister in paper ghosts. And her sister says that, their mom never let them go anywhere alone. Like even the fact that it was 1973 and like kids used to just wander around completely unsupervised. That was not the case for them. That's a huge bummer. A neighbor reported seeing uh, some weird car there on the driveway, but like they didn't know that she had gone missing at that point. So they didn't report it to the police and they've never found any leads with that. And then the next year, Lisa White, who's 13 years old, went missing the night before she and her best friend had been out with some older boys may possibly adults. I can't remember at this point. And they had gotten arrested for underage drinking. So Lisa was grounded, but being a rebellious 13 year old, she went out the night that she went missing. Anyway, she went to her best friend's house when her mom went to work and she left her best friend's house at around seven thirty PM to try to get home before her mom did. 
and was never seen again. And this is one of those ones where the police were like, oh, she's she probably ran away because she's 13. She was in trouble. And she had written her mom this note about how she was in love with this older boy. But neither her best friend nor her mom ever believed that she was a runaway. They're like, something happened to her. Her friend says that they did hitchhike, but they had like an agreement that they would never hitchhike alone. So her friend thinks there's no way she would have gotten into a car with a stranger. She thinks it must have been someone they knew, but it never went anywhere. These three cases are now being investigated like as related, but there's still nothing. The other one is... Again, well, actually, the very next year in 1975 in Vernon, which Lisa was also in Vernon, I forgot to say, um, Susan LaRosa went missing. She was 20, so she's quite a bit older than these girls. Doesn't really get the same MO. But she left her house to run to the convenience store to get baby formula and to call her mom from the payphone and was never seen again. Never seen again alive. They found her body three years later with skull fractures in it. This story is actually pretty well, like, covered pretty well in depth in Paper Ghosts. That's where a lot, what a lot of the episodes are about. And her husband definitely killed her. Allegedly. Um, Allegedly. (laughs) That that protects us from being sued, right? Um, But he definitely did it because after she went missing, like, they had three kids. And after she went missing, all the kids were sent away to different family members And the oldest girl who was three started having nightmares about her father killing her mother. There were Um, only, there were three kids and the oldest was three. mm -hmm. So these were real young kids. Real young kids. And obviously one of them was a baby if she was getting baby formula. But yeah, the three-year-old started having dreams and like we started having nightmares about her father killing her mother. And like they took her to a psychologist and the psychologist was like, um, She's three years old. She is way too young to be imagining things like this. So it's probably what happened. And Susan LaRosa's husband had a reputation in town for hanging out with a group of guys who spent a lot of time, who had a thing for younger girls, I think is the way they all say it. They were, they were either pedophiles or whatever you call people who go for pe- kids who have just who are just past puberty. I know there's a slightly different word yes. there, but who cares? At this point, we're just splitting hairs. They liked to rape children, was the rumors. So, like, I don't know if they've ever officially investigated him in conjunction with these other disappearances. There's really not a whole lot of information about these cases because they're they're ongoing investigations. Um, what was his motive, do they think? to ki- For killing his wife? Yes. Uh, they had a really volatile marriage, Um, They did not seem to get along. He also started dating someone like within a week or something of her going missing. So that's. And he sent all his kids away, which is like a big red flag. I didn't know if I'm I'm like law and order connecting this. And I'm like, did she know something about what him and his friends were up to with these three kids? Like who'd gone missing? Yeah, no, they just didn't get along. Have they ever found the bodies of these three missing girls? Nope. And there's one more, which was not actually mentioned in Paper Ghosts, but people do put these together. Um, And her name is, I really don't know, I forgot how to look up the pronunciation of her last name, but it's Patricia Luce. And she, I think, was 18. But again, I don't really know because this information, I could not, like, this person might not actually exist because the only place I saw her name mentioned was Reddit. And that's Mm -hmm. not exactly a paragon of journalism, but apparently her brother dropped her off at a 7-Eleven on Route 83 in 
which is like near Vernon, Connecticut. I, I looked it up. You know how I am with like knowing how far away everything is. And this one was in 1978 and she was just never seen again. They, the police did release a sketch of someone that they like a person of interest, but like nothing ever came of it. And they did find her body eight months later in Marlboro, which is in Massachusetts um, with skull fractures. So the two adult women were found murdered. These three little girls have never been found. I'll obviously be linking to their profiles on the Charlie project. And then again, it's an ongoing investigation. So hopefully we figure something out. Some of our listeners don't know what the Charlie project is. Oh, they post information about people who have gone missing and just been missing for a little, for a long time. And just to get like that information out there, if anyone knows anything, they tell you who to call. If you do know like which, um, police department is investigating their cases so that's it it's a real bummer definitely worse well worse than the in the move than the movie in terms of tragedy definitely but that all happened around a crystal lake one of the many yep, crystal lakes one of the many crystal lakes yeah i just don't get why you wouldn't start changing those names i mean the movie's so bad maybe they're just like eh I mean, I say that, but there are definitely Elm Streets. Yeah. I'm trying to figure out if there's an Elm Street anywhere here. All right. Any more thoughts, Bear? Nope. All right, guys. So thank you for listening. Uh, next week is my pick, and it's The Conjuring 2. I'm all about that conjuring life. I love <laughs> those movies. Um Get ready. Uh, please uh, follow us on social media. We have an Instagram and a Facebook page that you can like and follow. Please uh, subscribe and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen and tell people about it. Um, word of mouth's a lot of how you know we travel. So a, a reblog or a, a share, all of that would be really good for us. Um, anything else, Rach? Because of the way Facebook's algorithm works, sharing and like commenting and stuff pushes it higher up in other people's feeds so instagram is also owned by facebook so it's true on instagram as well so all right thank you very much and we'll see you next week goodbye, goodbye.